Turning Point Coaching and Consulting presents Kairos Conversations, Connecting with Quality, the podcast. Kairos is Greek for the right time, the right season, and the right opportunity. This podcast features healthcare quality professionals who share their journeys, their advice, their struggles, how they made that transition into a new and exciting role. My heart's desire is that you find this podcast to be inspirational to you as you make your own journey. Don't forget to share this podcast with your colleagues and friends and rate us on whichever podcast platform you listen to. Thank you for being here. Thank you all so much for joining in today. Today, I'm here with my next guest, Jessica Marino. Thank you so much for being here, Jessica. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm just so excited to get to chat with you and you know talk about healthcare quality. I am so excited that you are here. So let's start by introducing yourself to the audience. Sure. My name is Jessica Marino. I am a physical therapist by trade, and I am now working as a performance improvement coordinator as of last month. Oh, so new to the role. I'm so excited to talk about that. So before we talk about your current role, let's talk about your past role. So what kind of setting were you working in as a physical therapist? Yes. So I've been a PT for six years now and I have jumped from job to job. So I've been acute care, acute rehab, NICU, school-based, home health peds, telehealth, and digital health all in my six years. (laughs) Wow. So you're a generalist like myself. You can see lots of different types of patients. Yes, definitely. I think that was one of the biggest things was I wanted to keep growing my tools in my toolbox. You know, I wanted to find somewhere that I can, you know, work in, see those patients develop what skills I like. And then I always yearned for a different setting or a place to grow. Okay. So what prompted the transition from bedside physical therapy to the role that you're doing now? I think that's something I really struggled with initially is I really enjoyed treating the patients. You know, my last job, I loved all the families I worked with. I've had some of those kids for two and a half years and I felt a really great impact on them one-on-one. But I felt like I had a calling to impact those more like globally. So I felt like, okay, I can do this treatment one-on-one and I'm making a difference. But I just felt an inner calling that I needed to do something bigger, more globally in the healthcare space to make those changes that needs to help it improve, but also from a clinical standpoint to keep, you know, improving in the space. So how did you know that a performance improvement or process improvement coordinator was the role that you wanted? So I definitely didn't know. (laughs) It took a lot of self-reflection. I feel like last year I was really trying to determine, you know, more about myself, what I've really developed in these past six years and what I really wanted for next steps. And I really wanted to be on a great team, a team that really wanted a therapist on their team, even though it's probably not likely for a therapist to be on a team. And I wanted to find a role that will support me in the growth um, and help me learn. 
And this role of performance improvement coordinator came about when I was just searching for different roles. And once I went on the interview and learned more about the position and the team, it was definitely something that I was like, I really want this job. So tell me more about that. Tell us how how that came to be. What was the application process like? What was the interview process like? Definitely. So I was getting a little bit of stuck that I kept applying to non-clinical jobs. I read the description. I'm like, okay, I can see myself doing this. And then I would just get rejected, you know, or I wouldn't hear back. So I'm like, okay, maybe I just need to change my setting as a PT and see if a different company would be something different. So I went to a virtual open house for a physical therapist position in another company and I applied for that. And while I was applying for that, I actually just went through every single job listed within this company. And I saw a performance improvement coordinator. So I clicked it and it said RN or PT. I was like, wow, yes. But it was coded under nursing leadership. So it was definitely something by general search, LinkedIn, Google, I wouldn't have come up about it. Then I read the description and I was like, okay, I could do this. So I applied. And when I went to the virtual open house, I connected with the recruiter, you know, gained understanding of what the home care position would be. And then I also asked about that performance improvement coordinator position. And thankfully, she connected me to the recruiter. And then that's how I got into the interview. I love that you said that. And I want to go back to something you said earlier about how you went from job to job as you started out in your career and you're six years in, but yet you worked all these different roles. Um, I'm so glad you pointed that out because I think some people feel like that's a barrier. Like they're looked at as a job hopper and they think that that's going to hinder them from getting this next role, but maybe it helps you, right? I, I completely agree with that. I think I had that aspect when I was, you know, changing job. I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Is it too soon? How is it going to look like when I apply for my next job? And now six years later, I'm really like, well, I have all these different experiences who have helped form me and my clinical outlook and things. And I really felt that was communicated well when I interviewed that, you know, I haven't had direct home care adult experience. However, I worked in acute care. I worked in acute rehab. And those are those patients that are coming from those settings to home care. And I also advocated that I work as a per diem therapist. So I know nothing about these patients until I get there. And a in-depth chart review is so important to understand what's going on. And that really carries in directly into this role. Absolutely. So what was the interview like? Sure. So my first interview, of course, I was so nervous because I'm like, there's so much pressure. But I met with the director of the team and, you know, she really just asked me what I was looking for, asked me about my experience in home care. And a big thing in this position is the Oasis review um, because it's a home care adult company. Oasis is big with Medicare and that's something I have never had direct experience with. But it was something I definitely researched beforehand. You know, I printed the job a position out. I reviewed it and I'm like, okay, if this is really focusing on Oasis, I need to really understand it. So I did my research beforehand. There are functional scales on the Oasis that a therapist can really 
provide insight on. And I talked to her about that during my interview. And she said she was really impressed that even though I didn't have that experience, I took the time to really look into it and provide a different outlook. Like that's the cases that they're really struggling with. And as a PT, I can help with that. Okay, cool. So now that you're doing the role, and I know it hasn't been that long, but what kind of things are you doing in the role? What does the role look like on a practical level day to day? So I'm really grateful that since I started, I was able to shadow PTOT, nursing, speech, social work in the field. So I could really get a gathering of how the day-to-day operations are. And that was really supported by my manager to say, hey, you need to really understand this before you dive into the chart, which I felt like that was huge. And now the day-to-day while I'm still training is I've learned that I am going to be responsible for understanding why there is a decline from start of care to discharge on the OASIS. Um, There are certain aspects that I will be covering, transfers, ambulation, lower body dressing, toileting, and bathing, which is all, you know, functional ADLs that we are so, you know, natural to understand. So I have to look into the documentation to see if it was correctly answered, kind of picture what the nurse was seeing at start of care throughout the treatment and discharge if it was justified for that decline. If yes, fine. If not, then I would have to reach out to the clinician, you know, figure out what they were thinking and go from there. Awesome. So I have a question um, and I'm trying to figure out how to say this. So I know that, I, or I feel like at the beginning, you probably weren't looking for healthcare quality. You might not even even know what it was. So how did you kind of fall into it? And how do you feel about it now that you're in a healthcare quality role? Yes, I completely agree. I think when I was looking for a new, you know, where to pivot, healthcare quality was something of interest. Sometimes healthcare quality, I feel like when I was telling people I was looking into it, they were like, oh no, admin, you know? And you get that response, like admin's coming. And I wanted to be like, listen, there could be a different aspect to this. You know, it doesn't have to be negative. I tried healthcare sales for like, a short amount of time. And I was like, this is not for me. I can't do it. I really tried. And I was honest with the employer that took that chance on me. Um, I think it was trial and error. And now that I was gratefully provided this opportunity, I love it. I think I really love it is because I'm on a team with only four people and they're great women and they're so supportive. They're all nurses and it's such a great culture fit. And I feel like I'm really using my brain in such a different way that I never knew I could (laughs) in this. So I really love healthcare quality from where I'm starting off and I'm excited to see how it goes. So you are the PT representing all of us PTs in a role like that because the rest of your team members are nurses, right? Everyone's a nurse in the office except myself and one uh, PT that's in education out of everyone in the office. We are the lone PTs. <laughs> wow. That's so, so how, what does that feel like being, because I, a lot of the roles like yours and like mine have typically been reserved for registered nurses. So how do you feel being the PT in the room? Definitely. I was definitely nervous initially coming in because I'm the first PT, especially in this 
quality analysis role. But I also felt confident because my manager reached out to me before I was started. And she was like, we are all so excited for you to join this team. And I just felt so supported throughout. So those doubts that I felt, am I going to be able to do this were really just resolved because of the support I had from this really dream team that I couldn't even imagine. I love that. I love that. I think that's so cool that the the manager supported you and was open to having someone who wasn't a nurse to join the team. Yes. And my director too, she was a very big push for to make this position, not just an RN, how it's always been. And when I started, she introduced And she said, listen, we went outside the box for this role. We wanted a PT. This is a a part we're struggling in the Oasis. So to have, she even said like, to diversify this team, we wanted a therapist on. And I was like, this is so forward thinking and I love it. And it, it also felt good to me that it was open for a PT. They were willing to interview Because I feel like so many times when they are listed as nursing roles and you're trying to advocate for yourself in, there is that barrier to get through. Um, I'm not saying that there's not going to be a barrier when I reach out to these clinicians, but to have a team that is nursing and they're like, we are so happy that you're here is such a great feeling. So is this remote? uh, I mean, is this position remote? Is it on site? Is it hybrid? So great question, because when I applied for this role, it said it was in a town and I actually live in this town. So I was like, oh, this would be great. Um, And then when I did go on the interview, they said that this position is technically hybrid. So the goal of my position is to be four days at home eventually and then one day in the office and or for meetings. So I think that's a, a great thing because it, it wasn't even listed as remote or hybrid when I applied. And to find that when I interviewed, I was like. <laughs> so um, public service announcement to all the therapists out there looking for new roles, apply locally too, because it could be remote, it could be hybrid that you don't know. Because I have another, um, I have a client that I w- I'm working with and same thing happened with her. She applied for a role that said on site, but when she interviewed, they told her it could be partially hybrid too. So I think people miss out on good opportunities when they only say they want remote. Definitely. I completely agree. And I really don't mind going to the office right now because it's nice to have that social aspect. And I live close enough that I can be home for lunch and then get back in time. So it has that great flexibility of that. And my manager was a very big advocate of us working from home because when we're going into these charts and understanding these, you know, reports, it really needs to be quiet and to be in an office setting that is, you know, loud and people are talking, it's hard to focus. So she really pushed for us to be hybrid so we can really have that focus and attention in a quiet space. I like your manager already. And I don't even know who she is. <laughs> she, she, she is great. She's so supportive. And, you know, when you think to yourself, like, what kind of manager would you want? She's one of those that she has been a nurse and then moved into this position and now leads our team. And it's just, we have a great team because of our, our leader. Awesome. So what do you think contributed to your transition the most? Yeah, definitely. So I feel like taking a course on how to transition non-clinically was something really eye-opening to me. 
it really focused on me self-reflecting, figuring out what I wanted to do because I wanted to be genuine in this transition, not just applying to something and being like, okay, this could be me because I tried that. You know, I tried those applications like I could see myself doing it, but I really didn't know what I wanted and in results didn't get any interview or contact. So really taking that time to figure out what I wanted in this role and also to go in a positive outlook. I feel, you know, like many of us, we, we've had those days we've been burnt out, frustrated. And if you go into these interviews feeling that way, that energy is so felt by others. And I really went into this interview being like, I really want this. I feel it in my soul, you know, as the interview went on that we are a great connection. And if you go into it feeling just very frustrated, it, it's not going to go over well. Yeah, people can sense the energy that you're putting off, even if you, that's not what you're intending. Correct. So I'm glad yeah. that you said you went in with a positive outlook, even though, you know, you might have gotten a rejection the day before or the week before, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was it. it was, I felt I couldn't grow where I was in my previous position. I asked for growth opportunities and I was like, okay, I'm not going to bring that energy of frustration that I can't grow where I am. And the feeling of sadness, possibly leaving my patients that I've worked with. I just have to say, hey, let me just try to put myself out there and, and be me. Hi, friend. Are you listening to this podcast wondering how you can start your own journey into healthcare quality? Or maybe you've already started, but you're hitting some roadblocks and getting stuck at the application process. Well, my friend, I've got a free resource for you. After you finish listening to this episode, head on over to my website and grab the ebook, Top Three Mistakes Clinicians Make When Transitioning into a Non-Clinical Role. The link will be in the show notes section. Now, enjoy the rest of the episode. So what clinical skills did you highlight either on your resume or in your interview that were directly transferable? So I definitely highlighted that I've worked in many settings like we've talked about. I've highlighted that I am a per diem therapist in two different hospitals. So I really work on chart reviewing, building rapport with different staff, even though I'm there once a month, it's really important to have that teamwork and collaboration, especially coming in to see someone new. I highlighted just being able to take on the challenge of something I may not know, right? But I'm willing to learn was another thing I highlighted as well. And that's a that's a value of being a per diem therapist, right? Because like you said, you have to be able to dig deep to figure out what happened with the patient because you don't know them. You have to be able to think quickly on your feet because you might be in that room or with that patient by yourself, mm-hmm. right? And you have to have that skill of working with other team members because it takes all of us to really impact the patient. Correct, yes. Especially when you don't know them and they could have had an event late last night or this morning that's not even documented in and really making sure that this patient is safe before, during, after is a big thing. And I making documentation really adequate and clear that whoever comes in next will be able to paint that same picture we did when we were reviewing. So what advice would you give someone else, Jessica, who wants to make a similar transition? 
um, maybe is thinking about healthcare quality, maybe does, maybe don't even know healthcare quality is a thing. Um, what advice would you give them? Yeah, so I would say definitely first give yourself grace with this transition. It is really hard to think about pivoting into something different. You may get questions. Why are you thinking about leaving PT? You went to school for so long for it. But give yourself that time to self-reflect on who you are, what you want to be next steps, ideally, right? I would also say connect with others, you know, LinkedIn, just in person to see what they're doing. Maybe that's something you may like to do, right? Maybe if you can volunteer in a different aspect to say, okay, I volunteered at an animal rescue and I did social media, which I did, and I did adoption events. And I'm like, okay, I can run all these things. That's kind of like project management. That's, you know, team building social media and say, look, I can do all these different skills and it can pivot in a different way. So being open-minded, you know, take yourself out of that you know, headspace that you're just the therapist. You have so many different skills that if you give yourself a chance to advocate and pivot that way, you can do big things. Oh, that that was beautiful. I don't think I could have said it any better. And I did not know that about you, that you worked at an animal rescue. That is so cool. Yeah. So when we adopted our dog in 2019, It was a really rough process of the application and everything. So the week after I volunteered and I did interviewing with potential adopters, I did home visits, I helped at the adoption events. And, you know, I was like, maybe I can do this full time. And I was like, I can't because it's it's a volunteer base. But I was during that time, I was like, look at all these different skills I can do. You're talking with people, you're educating safety, right? And it was so great to help actually many of my friends adopt dogs throughout that and meet so many different people that it's just, well, I love dogs now, but it's just such a great way to connect with others and to see you have all these different skills that can do something. So why not volunteer and try? Yeah. And you tied it into project management, right? You didn't let that time go to waste and you were still able to talk about it, even though it wasn't directly PT related, but it was still so valuable. Definitely. It was a great, I felt like I was really developing life skills of something that I didn't even know I had in me, but it was just something so natural and different challenges. And I helped actually build different training materials for new volunteers. So that was an organization I was able to grow and wear a different hat. Awesome. So what barriers, if any, did you encounter when you were making that transition from bedside physical therapist, um, PRN per diem to the role that you're in now? Yes, I felt like I've hit so many barriers like others probably listening to this. You see a role, you find yourself, oh, I can do this. You apply rejection or (laughs) weeks later, finally hear back. And I felt like I've gone through so many rejections or initial interviews and it just wasn't going anywhere and rejected again. And also, I feel like identity questioning too, you know, telling people I'm interested in not looking at that side and the confused looks of what do you mean? Like you're a great therapist or what do you mean you went to school for this? So a lot of barriers I had to push through. And it wasn't easy to find this position. It definitely took a lot of time, 
But at the end of the day, I'm glad I got all those rejections and all of those barriers to get me where I am today. Thank you so much for saying the identity crisis or that barrier of being classified as one thing when you're trying to do something else. Because I think that's common and a lot of people struggle with that. So for that particular barrier, how did you overcome that um, push or pull from people to keep you where you were? So I feel like my answer, if you asked me this last year when I started to think about this pivot to where I am is definitely different. I feel like if someone asked me this last year, I could have been in that you know rut of, I am burnt out. I don't have any growth opportunities. I'm, I feel stuck, right? But now I feel like, okay, I'm, I wanted to find a position where I can impact others more globally. Like I have so many skills because I was a physical therapist and still am that can transfer into a position that can impact others. So I feel like from going from a negative outlook of why I wanted to pivot to now how I pivoted and I'm so grateful, it enlightens them when they ask that question. And I feel like they're not ready for that answer. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. So what was your defining point? So I feel like I've had a few defining points. I feel like initially it was last year when I reached out on my previous job and said, where where do you see myself growing in this company? Or what is, do we have a career ladder since I've been there for almost three years? And I really was met with like questions of like, why would I want to do something different? And then I was like, well, I want to be somewhere that supports growth. I want to be somewhere that appreciates me and my, you know, values and my clinical aspects. So I felt like that was my first defining point of, okay, I think there's something more for me. And then after I took that non-clinical course, and I would say really going into that first interview when with the position I'm in now, and I just felt that energy, I was like, this really could be a great opportunity for me. And for if we equally want each other in this position, this would really define me and help me pivot. And when I got that job offer, I felt ecstatic. I couldn't believe it. I I was so hopeful. And it was bittersweet, you know, saying goodbye to my kiddos that I've had for so long, but they all supported me in this career change, which was a lot for them. And that was definitely, I feel like my biggest defining point was getting that job and feeling, feeling wanted, you know, feeling accepted and feeling supported that I I can grow in this. Yeah, it's almost like dating, right? Choose me, choose me, choose you. Did I get the final rose as the, <laughs> the bachelor, right? Exactly, exactly. So I'm so glad you joined me for this conversation today. Um, how can people connect with you? Anyone can connect with me on LinkedIn. I am Jessica Marino, M-E-R-I-N-O. I would be happy to just chat with you, especially someone that's newer in this pivot and just to connect because it's hard. It's a hard journey and I'm still going through it in this transition phase. So if someone's looking to pivot or initially in this phase, I would be happy to talk. And thank you so much for being willing to share your story at the beginning of the story, at the beginning of the journey, before you have it all figured out and You're just starting your new role because I think that is so valuable for people to be able to see 
what that looks like instead of just the finished product, so to speak. And I have just really, really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you so much for being here, Jessica. Yes. And thank you for having me. I was definitely nervous interviewing on this, you know, as I'm in month two of this role, but I'm glad I was able to connect with you because like so many of us, we just want to be in that position and it's okay to feel vulnerable. It's okay to be like, you don't know what you're going to be doing, but just having that, you know, growth mindset of being able to, Hey, I don't know it. I'm willing to learn and ask for help. That's going to come across so well if you're in that because anyone's trainable but you have to have the right mindset and also personality for the role perfectly said thank you so much for listening to the show it would mean a lot if you would share this episode with a friend or a colleague i would be honored to encourage them in their journey too